0: or go to Anchor.fm to get started.
1: On this week's episode in her space, what do you do when you outgrow people? Because sometimes when we have these conversations around what's bougie, what's not bougie, it's sometimes is a sign that you've outgrown some people. And do you remain around them? How do you act around them? Do you share what you're doing with them? Do you try to convert them and get them on the new journey? Like. I feel like that's a question we should ask ourselves and think about because they can either bring you down sometimes or support you as you move up.
0: When I initially hear that, that piece of, have we outgrown people? I think about one, of the energy that that person might be bringing you, right? But then also thinking about something that you've mentioned in previous episodes about we don't know what that person's journey is. We don't know what that person might be dealing with in that moment. And so I think where I'm really leaning on right now is. Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist,
1: and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just
0: be. women still have their feet on the ground. They just have better shoes. That quote comes to us from the legendary Oprah Winfrey. Now I'm going to read that quote one more time because I know when I initially saw it, I had to go over it a few times before it really resonated with me. And I'll dive into why in a minute. But one more again. Successful women still have their feet on the ground. They just have better shoes.
1: So, Dom, I could tell you what that quote means to me and then you can dive in or you can go first. Which, which one?
0: I want to hear your reaction.
1: OK, I want to hear my honest reaction now. Of course. All right. All right. No, but um, when I hear this quote, I think for me. The first part of the quote where it says successful women still have their feet on the ground. To me, that means the successful women are grounded, right? They're still human beings. They're normal. They have struggles. They're, they're humble, right? They're grounded. But then the second part, I'm just like, "Mm," and that's, they just have better shoes. I think for me, the reason I don't really resonate with that part is because I would consider myself to be a successful woman in my own right. But my shoes aren't necessarily better. Like, just because I might be perceived as successful, like, I still shop at thrift stores and pay less and Ross and Burlington Coat Factory. I don't really have a lot of name brand items and things. Maybe when I have more disposable income in the future, maybe I will. But I just think that, I don't know, when I hear that, it kind of comes off a little, I guess, braggadocious, in my opinion. That's just me, though. What about you? What do you think?
0: So, Two things come up for me. The first time I heard it, I was like, oh, that's some elita shit. Mm -hmm. Like, mm, oh, my shoes are better than yours. Oh, because I'm rocking Jimmy Choo's, I'm better than you. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, wait, hold on. Let me think a little bit deeper. And what do we mean by better? Does better mean that I'm wearing a pair of shoes that fits my health requirements? Mm -hmm. So I know the older we get, the more health issues we have or the more we're more likely to take care of things. So let's say that I have some type of foot condition and I'm not even going to try to spout spout off what those foot conditions are because I'm not a podiatrist. So if you, let's say that I have a foot condition and it requires that I wear an orthopedic shoe, right? Or let's say that I'm at an age where I'm not about impressing people anymore. So when I say I have better shoes, that means that those shoes feel better for me. I'm more putting comfort over style mm-hmm. or money or comfort is the first thing that comes to mind for me or is first in my priority list. So that's why the shoes might be better shoes. Interesting. So it's like qualifying. What does better really mean?
1: Mm-hmm. What does better mean? But then even what does bougie mean, right? Because I know we've all heard it before. Someone, you said you like a certain thing. So I was like, oh, you bougie. And I feel like for the most part, in the situations that I've been in, when someone has said it to me and when someone has said it to others around me, we usually defy that. We're just like, no, or we deny it, right? We're like, I'm not bougie. So what does bougie even mean? Like, if we had to think about that?
0: Well, let's dive into the a little bit. So let me back off of saying we're going to dive in because we're not historians. But let's touch on the historical context of where... Bougie originated. So, bougie is a stem word of bourgeois or bourgeoisie, however you choose to pronounce it. It's a French word that means a middle class status. Now, in America, what does middle class status actually mean? We don't know.
1: Who knows?
0: What I will say, though, a friend shared with me a while ago in this article or this link to the Pew Research Center Income Calculator. And we'll have that link in our show notes so that we can that you can go and play on it and figure out your socioeconomic status for yourself. But what it requires is that you put in your income you put in your household size and you put in the state that you or the state that you live in and then you can narrow it down to metro region and what that does is it offers you the opportunity according to their statistics or their algorithms they will calculate you put that information in and they will calculate and determine what your social class is mm. so i think the thing to keep in mind though with that is that it's all relative so Let's say, for instance, I'm making 175000 To me, that sounds like upper-class status, right? But depending on your location, that might not be.
1: Shit, San Francisco, here we go. Yeah, right. Okay.
0: But if you put that in to the Pew Research Center, 175000 And a household income, I mean, a household of one, that would be considered upper class status, right? But let's try it with multiple people in the household. Okay, so let's say that I live in California in the Bay Area. I make $175,000 a year. That's my household income. Four people in my household, so maybe we're living the quote-unquote American dream. Me, a partner, two kids, right? According to the Pew Research Center, at $175,000 for four people in the household in the Bay Area, I'm considered middle class.
1: Question, do they factor in student loans? You don't ask those questions. Okay, good. So I was gonna say I don't want to do this research study because I got these two loans on my back. (laughs) I'm gonna be broke and poor. So nope. (laughs) Okay,
0: but let's say same income,
1: one hundred
0: seventy-five thousand dollars a year, and I moved to Georgia Mm. in the Metro Atlanta area. Oh my gosh! Amazing. Family of four. I'm considered upper
1: class. Are you rich, rich? Yes. <laughs>
0: yes. Oh, you're
1: rich, rich. Yes, rich. Okay. So I saw this very interesting article on, I think it was vice.com. And it said, saying that's bougie is often used to mock the pretentious consumer habits of an aspirational social climber. So it's like some somebody that's trying to act like they're rich, rich. And you see, or, or they're just trying to sort of Climb the ladder of the certain status, and people see that and like, oh, you bougie. But when I think about different situations where someone has said that I'm bougie, it's either around quality that I've demanded, or some kind of uh, standard that I set, or even in situations where I might have wanted something that maybe the people I was around didn't want or have. And so, for instance, I'll say, I remember when I moved away from home. And I started living a different lifestyle, right? Because I was in a different space. For instance, I just moved to California, right? Well, not just, but like four years ago, I moved to California and I had people say, oh, you Hollywood now. And I'm like, yo, just because I live in California, I'm Hollywood. Like, what do you what do you mean? And for me, that's like a little like low key, you bougie, you know? First of all,
0: <laughs> Hollywood Girl. is a small section of A huge city. Exactly. In a huge state. Mm -hmm. So how are we saying that? Okay.
1: Yes, that was one. But Mm -hmm.
0: when I hear that, what I really think about is not so much that they are jealous, Mm -hmm. which could be the case but more so if we really want to tap into the humanity of people and really look for the good in people, Mm -hmm. it's more of a comment on them subconsciously asking, are you going to leave me? Are you going to abandon me? Am I not going to be good enough for you anymore?
1: That's interesting that you say that because I think about even when you know, I went away to college, right? And there were some family members or friends that stayed home and they look at you now like, oh, you bougie, you going to college. But it's like, what? It, when well, usually when I hear you bougie, it's like there's like a negative connotation, even though you might be doing something positive, even though you might be doing something that you enjoy or something that is good for you or you know it's a quality experience right it's still like oh you bougie but this like little stink this little side eye and this little stink you know tone and so I think about that even when you wear something in particular or like I was telling Dom we Dom and I had dinner and I was saying that I now have a higher standard when I go to hotels. I used to go to the motels when I was trying to save money and now I'm at a place where I'm like, I've been to too many. I've I've done my time, okay? I've been in the roach motels where I slept in the bed and I was like, I hope I don't take bed bugs home. And I'm just, I, I value my comfort these days and I travel so much that I'm like, how many stars? How many stars this hotel got? And for some people, they might be like, oh, she bougie. And maybe I need to get more comfortable with embracing that maybe I am bougie in some regard, right? Because I have a higher standard for certain things in my life, right? And so what about you? Like when have you heard people in your family or people in your neighborhood or your friends say, oh, you bougie girl, you didn't change, right? You hear all that stuff when you begin to do things that people around you have not done or they aren't accustomed to, right?
0: Make sure you go and check out the Her Space Sanctuary on Facebook and Share with us your stories of bouginess. So is it that someone in your family has called you bougie and you didn't resonate with that? Or maybe you have called someone in your family bougie and why did you do that? Like what was coming up for you that made you share that or made you call them out on that?
1: What about you, Dom? One of you had someone say that you're bougie. Like what's an example of that?
0: Half my life. Really? <laughs> Tell me more. Tell us some stories. Half my Life. What? What? I so I recognize that I've always like had an appreciation for high class material things, right? And I call it high class because it's I've just I've always had expensive taste and I haven't I can't help it. I recall like being a kid and going shopping for Easter dresses or Christmas dresses. And my grandmother would take us to the store. My mom would be there too, but my grandmother was usually like helping my mom help us pick stuff out. And I would pick out one thing and my mom would look at the price tag. And I never looked at price tags because you're a kid. Why are you paying attention to price tags? So I never looked at the price tag. And I, I can distinctly recall, I had to be in like the fifth or sixth grade. And I remember we were picking out Easter dresses and my mom, I showed my mom this one dress or it was like a suit situation in hindsight. When I look at that, I'm like, Oh my gosh, what were you thinking? That's <laughs> But back then, like, I thought that that's what that meant to like that represented what it meant to look like you had status. And so I remember showing the dress to my mom And my mom being like, I'm not paying for that because it was full price. Right. And then my grandmother coming in and saying,
1: well, don't worry about it. I'll pay for it. That's right. Good old grandmoms. Save the day. I love my (laughs) grandmoms. Oh, I love
0: my (laughs) grandmoms. Not just because she would always come in and save the day (laughs) on the expensive items, but I think it started there. Like early on, like, And I don't, you know, I haven't fully tapped into what was I watching? What was I reading that was leading me in that direction? And so as I grew older, I would have taste in expensive things. Hell, I still have taste in expensive things. Now I'm just in a space where I'm more realistic. And I'm like, well, yes, that those $500 pair of shoes look amazing, but my bank account doesn't say I'm about to spend $500 on a pair of shoes. So I won't. What I will do though, is I'll try to find a deal. So I might end up having those $500 pair of shoes. I just found it on discount somewhere. And and when I say discount, I mean,
1: hell of discount like the low low you got it for the low low like <laughs> damn near free low low type I love of it. discount i love it and it makes me think about the fact that sometimes people will say you're bougie as a joke right it's just like a little insider, like girl you doing the most or you you just you want something that's high class high quality right sometimes it comes out of jealousy where people maybe you're doing something they wish they could do and they kind of want to put you down with a you know how you get those sideways compliments where you're like, yo, you should have just covered your mouth shut. Like, why you even why you even open your mouth, right? It's like to make you feel bad or guilty about what you're doing.
0: But I when I when I hear that, I go back to what I said earlier mm-hmm. about are they really coming from a place of jealousy? Mm-hmm. Or are they really, is it really more so about them? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, and so for me, like, I know, like, my initial reaction is oftentimes to be like, that's on them. Mm-hmm. They just mad. They ain't got where I'm at. Right. But if I step back and I keep trying to, like, this is my growth area of, like, looking for the humanity in the person and looking for the good in the person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so initially it may come across that they might be jealous, right? But why are they coming across as jealous? Is it because I'm doing something that they've wanted to do and they're afraid to do? Or I'm doing something that points out something that they might be insecure about. Mm -hmm. And so, or, or... Again, they're afraid that
1: me liking
0: these things is a statement about how I feel about them.
1: Yeah, that's a good one too.
0: Which in actuality is not the case at all,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: My taste in shoes,
1: my preference
0: for no less than a Three and
1: a half star hotel. Amen.
0: That's about me. That's not a comment on
1: anyone else. For sure. I think that's true. I think there are so many reasons why people might use it and it could be something that they're dealing with personally, it could be jealousy. It could be the fear, like you mentioned earlier, you leaving them. It could be just something so like innocent, right? Like literally, oh girl, you like high class stuff, right? Like you have high standards. Like it could be various reasons. And so it just makes me think about the fact that sometimes we may need to just reframe the way that we see it. Cause I know for me personally, it has always been this negative thing that I would deny where I'm like, no, I'm not bougie, but I mean, maybe moving forward, I might just, Okay. Yeah, I am. All right. Next. Like, who cares? Like, it doesn't matter, right? I do like high class things in certain regards. And one thing it reminds me of is when I was at home uh, recently, I was talking to my family and I was so uncomfortable because I was talking to family and I said something like, yeah, you know, I went to acupuncture. And mind you, before I moved to San Francisco, like, I hadn't done a lot of different things like I've done stuff, but like there are certain things that are very specific to San Francisco in general. Where like we're very free and open and like, you know, health conscious place and a pet friendly. I mean, dogs are everywhere. Right. And I love it. It's cool. It was new for me. But like now I've embraced it. We bring dogs to work and I tried acupuncture for some personal reasons. And I said that when I was at home in Philly and they looked at me and they were like acupuncture like bitch and I was like oh shit and I told myself I was like you gotta gotta calm down you can't talk about all the things you do because you don't wanna I just felt like I didn't wanna separate myself from the people I was with when I was already so different because I've I've just I've moved when you move away from home sometimes and you just you experience new things you elevate you grow you evolve you're just into different stuff now when you go back home at least for me like I wanna still fit into a certain regard I still wanna be in some regard, the same me, even though I have evolved, but it's like trying to find a balance for me sometimes where it's like fitting in, but then also being true to who I am. Um, And so I don't think it's a bad thing, but it's just a matter of how do you act around the people that you've been with when you do change?
0: You own it. And part of that comes from being in a space where you really are comfortable and confident in who you are, right? Because when we truly are comfortable and confident in who we are, we're not worried about, well, what is my family going to say? Unless your family is financing you. (laughs) We don't have to worry about what they're going to say about our decisions because it's our life, right? And so when I hear that, and I've wrestled with that too at different uh, points in my life, but when I hear that, I think about, well, who am I really living for? Am I living for those around me or am I living for myself? And when we're living for ourselves, we make decisions that are hopefully healthy and feel good for us. And we know that they might not meet the approval of others, but we still stand firm in this is a healthy choice for me. And maybe we need to have a dialogue around why my choices are making you uncomfortable. And that could actually open up the space for some healing or some transformation within your relationships with those people. So if we take your example of going to acupuncture. I would say right on, sis, tell them that you went to acupuncture and help dispel the myths associated with what it means to have acupuncture.
1: That's a good point. That's definitely a good point, Dom. And I feel like I'm torn in some regard because I think I think the acupuncture, that was a good example. Like I would definitely do that. But at the same time, I feel like in some situations where you may evolve and change, you may be working on different things and you go into a different space or a space with like people that you may have grown up with or people that are back home and you're not home anymore. And I feel that sometimes certain things that you choose to do or certain things that you do in your life don't necessarily need to be shared with them if you know that they don't really have the capacity to handle it. And so... If you're, let's say that you are working on doing a triathlon or something, right? And you know that your family, like that's not exercise, running, that's not their thing. Like they don't do any of the activity stuff. And if you have a inkling that they'll be negative about it or that they'll judge you or that they'll think a certain way, sometimes I'm like, why even like certain things maybe don't bring up because do you really, are you interested in having that conversation like, oh, this is why I'm doing it? Or do you even want that negative energy to be sort of projected onto you? And so it kind of makes me think about sort of a time and place. And then also as you grow, you might outgrow people and it may not necessarily be something that you might want to share with them because of just where they are in their life, if that makes sense.
0: And so when I hear that example, then I'm like, Mm, I'm torn, Yeah,
1: right. right?
0: Because I hear, oh, triathlon. Mm-hmm. That's dope as hell. I'm not about here trying to do no triathlon, <laughs> right. but yeah. it's dope as hell for mm-hmm. you to do, right? Mm-hmm. Let me know that, let me, tell me how I can support you in the process. Mm-hmm. And so you see how even in that example, that ain't my thing, but I'm willing to support you in that. So I own that that ain't my thing, but I'm going to figure out how to be supportive of you. So I would still want you to share that with me. Right. But that's also me recognizing that I, the space that I'm in. Mm -hmm. And so then, so then what comes the next piece that comes up is, so I hear you on, I'm not, I need to protect my own energy. Mm -hmm. And so if I know that circle or that person and I know that that person generally is not going to be supportive of this for whatever the reason is, then yes, maybe I'm not going to share it with them because I need to protect my energy.
1: Exactly. I'm
0: a triathlon. I can, I've i never done it. Like I said, that ain't my thing. Yeah. I could imagine that that would require people who are really supportive of you because that sounds like something that's, Difficult as hell, mm-hmm. and so if you don't have someone who is really going to be in your corner, really be a cheerleader, then yes, it, you may want to withhold. Even if that's even if that's your person from way back, yeah, like y'all go back to diapers. Yeah, if that person generally is not supportive of those type of ventures, then you may need to hold back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But let's say that it is a person who uh, they vacillate between being supportive and being negative. I might just take the chance and see what happens. And if they're not going to be supportive, then I don't speak on it anymore. But they may turn around and say, yeah, that ain't my thing, but how can I support you? Let me know the date and I can be there. hmm
1: Yeah, I think that's true. And that's spot on. It's like, if you know the energy of someone and you're like, I'm trying to protect my energy, I don't really want any negativity. Then it's like, "Mm, maybe not. But sometimes, like you said, if I were to share it with you, it would be different because you're like, girl, that's not my thing, but I got you. I'll support you. And it just, it makes me think about how we do outgrow people at times. And I think about sometimes, I don't know, do you often say to your friends like, oh girl, you bougie? Is that something that you say? Or do people usually say it to you? People say that to me. Okay, same here. And I feel like and if you are a person, lady, that says, Oh girl, you bougie, like this is not a slight against you by any means. I just know that in my experience personally, it's usually a certain type of person that says you bougie, right? Like I have a girlfriend, her and her husband, I think they they're getting a Tesla soon. And to hear that, I had to even check myself because part of me was like, Oh damn, look at y'all. But it's not, it's not coming from a place of like jealousy, right? Because do I want a Tesla? I don't know. Tesla will be dope if I could afford it. I might, I might want to get one. Yeah, yeah. So I can't even say I don't want one, but it's more like they are just—they have high standards, and I admire them for the standards they have. They just when they go in, they just—they go in like they—they they big ball and they out here doing stuff in the world and got real estate and they're just doing all these amazing things. And for me, it's aspirational. So. If I were to say, "Girl, y'all bougie," or "You bougie," it wouldn't come off that like it wouldn't be a negative connotation. I wouldn't mean it in a negative way, but I don't say it because that's just not my thing. But the people that typically do, I feel like it's just like a certain person, right? And I'll give you an example. So one of my girlfriends years ago, we were having a conversation, and I literally I made a comment about something because we were having we were I forget what we were discussing, but I made a comment, and her response was. Oh, I know. Just because you have a master's degree don't mean da 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 And I was like, whoa! Like, where did that come from? Like, I didn't mention nothing about no degree. What? And I know that what I said, even though I don't remember the conversation, I'm not the kind of person that's like going around wearing my degree on my shoulder. Like, yeah, everybody, I've got, got a degree here. And like, that's just not my thing. So for her to say that, it showed me where she was and what maybe her insecurity was around how far she got in school and all of that because she was just so adamant to bring that up and it was literally random as hell. And I was just like, oh, but I would love for us to dive into like, what do you do when you outgrow people? Because sometimes when we have these conversations around what's bougie, what's not bougie, it's sometimes is a sign that you've outgrown some people and do you remain around them? How do you act around them? Do you share what you're doing with them? Do you try to convert them and get them on the new journey? Like I feel like it's a question we should ask ourselves and think about because they can either bring you down sometimes or support you as you move up.
0: When I initially hear that, that piece of, have we outgrown people? I think about one of the energy that that person might be bringing you right but then also thinking about something that you've mentioned in previous episodes about we don't know what that person's journey is we don't know what that person might be dealing with in that moment and so I think where I'm really leaning on right now is giving people space, right? So if I have that friend who I feel like I've outgrown because we're pursuing different avenues in life, I need to step back and think about what does it mean for me? Why do I feel like I've outgrown that person? So is it because my values are different or is it because my social standing is different? Is it because my geographical location is different? Like really stepping back and examining myself first. Right? And trying to identify where I am in this process. So if I'm looking at a friend or family member from back home, and let's say that, like, we go with the example that you gave of, okay, I have this graduate degree, and I have this friend from back home who doesn't have this degree. And for for whatever reason, they're not trying to pursue it. Now that I have this degree, what's different about me? Is it just my degree and my income? Or have my overall values shifted? Because if my overall values not the things that not the things that I choose to do, but if my overall values have shifted, then yes, I might have outgrown that person. but if it's I have a different education level, and my income is a little different, so now I have access to different things. then I haven't outgrown that person. If our values are still the same, I haven't outgrown them. I just have different experiences and maybe maybe I might need to either give that person a little bit of space and time or if I know this person well enough, maybe I could dive into a conversation with them about, hey, I see this is like you keep mentioning me having this master's degree. I'm curious about what that really means to you Mm -hmm. and how you're seeing me, how I might be coming off to you now that this has changed about me.
1: That's a really good point. And I had two different situations where one was a situation where the relationship to me wasn't really worth me having a conversation. Mm -hmm. It was a situation where someone, I really got a lot of like negative energy from this person. It wasn't anything that I could really like point out, but it was something, it was one of those relationships or friendships where I was giving a lot more than I was getting. And I was just like, well, damn, like what I had to do was sit with myself and think, okay, you know, when I look at our relationship, no, it's not a tit for tat type of thing, but like, I check up on you. I text you, I call you, I'm, you know, I'm there for you. I do these things for you and you're not really there for me or you'll blow me off. And so at that point, I just kind of let it fizzle out on its own. I was like, okay, in that case, I felt as though we outgrew, I outgrew the relationship. Maybe we outgrew each other because it no longer, it was no longer a serving relationship or a mutually beneficial relationship because. It just wasn't a very good energy exchange. I had another situation where a friend, I knew she was going through a hard time, but I was trying to reach out, trying to connect with her. And I didn't hear from her for months. So she would like give me these one off, like these one word sort of text messages. And we finally had a chance to talk. And I made sure she was okay first, but I valued this friendship and relationship. And I was just like, yo, what's going on? And she told me what was going on. And I was like, okay. And I just said, it sounds like you're in a better space. For future reference, like if something like this happens, can you at least let me know? Like, I need space, or let me know something so that I know that I don't have to create this narrative in my head where I'm like, oh, well, I guess she just like fuck you, and I'm like, well, all right, fuck you too. Like, going, you know how we do in our and head, That narrative. Narrative. narrative, what? So we agreed upon that. So, and for future reference, if we need space, we know that we can say that to one another. And so, I think that in this whole conversation about being bougie, outgrowing people. Sometimes there are moments in the journey where we do outgrow people and we have a different vision. They don't see it. And we really do got to let them go. Like we can't beat ourselves up for people that are not ready to see a vision or they don't see the vision. Or maybe they're just they haven't had that moment in their lives where something clicks and they're like, oh, I get it. I'm going to do this. Right. We can't want something for someone more than they want it for themselves. And we really can't. I mean, in most cases we can we can't really give someone ambition or drive or, you know, wisdom that they're not ready to get or receive. In some cases, we can still be friends with them if they're not pulling us down, but we, I've learned that I really can't change people. Even when I believe in them and I'm like, oh my gosh, you have so much potential. You could be doing all these things and it's like, if they're not ready for it, they're not ready. And the thing that underlines
0: all of that is communication. So if my friend is making a comment about me being bougie and I don't feel that it resonates with me, or I feel like they may have malicious intent behind it, or I'm just unsure of what their intent is, then I can spark a conversation. Mm -hmm. If I feel like I may have outgrown a friend for whatever the reason might be, again, I can make the decision to spark a conversation. Or, or offer some line of communication saying, hey, I don't feel like this friendship is moving in a direction that's helpful for either of us, so maybe we should call it quits. And I know that there's a more articulate, eloquent way of saying that. And in a future episode, we will dive into how to break up with a friend.
1: That is definitely an interesting conversation. I don't think I've ever officially broken up with a friend in that way with the communication, but that has to be interesting. Hmm. Hmm. We'll have to dive into that. But if you enjoyed today's content, be sure to leave us feedback. We love, love, love to see your feedback on iTunes. So please be sure to leave us a review. Let us know what you're thinking about. Also hit us up on social media. You can find us at Her Space Podcast on Instagram. That's the primary channel that we're always on. And let us know what you think about the episode. What topics do you want to see? We haven't heard any topic suggestions in a minute. And we'd love to know what do you want to hear? What do you want us to talk about? Uh, what questions do you have? So we can dive into it on a future episode. Thanks for
0: joining us today in HerSpace. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health
1: Or check out our website at herspacepodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I release what no longer serves me to manifest what I desire.
0: Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week, ladies.